Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 385. Losing my voice is how I found my voice. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and today I have a really important and impactful conversation in store for you. We'll get into that in a second, but first, one of the most fulfilling things I've discovered through starting Gift Biz Unwrapped is the warmth, camaraderie, and generosity of the community that we formed. You're so giving and so talented. And of course, I always want to give back to you too, to do something that can make your efforts easier and your results greater. So I asked you how, and you surprised me. It wasn't help with an email marketing strategy. It wasn't about selling at shows or any other number of topics that make up a solid growing business. Nope, what you're overwhelmingly asking for is help with social media posting. You've been telling me that you're putting in the time, you're posting frequently, and you're discouraged because you aren't seeing any of this move the needle for your sales. Message received. Putting in more and more time posting in the same way isn't going to magically bring you in the sales. You need to change the way you're posting and what you're posting. You don't need to put in more work. You need to put in the right work. And that's when you'll see things change. And I've created your guide to do just that. It's called Content for Makers, and it's specially designed for handmade product makers like you. Content for Makers will help you understand why your current social media activities aren't converting into sales. It will also show you how to put in less time and start seeing activity through social that will lead to increased sales. Just imagine knowing exactly what to post and getting it done in just minutes each day. That frees up space for you to interact with potential clients deepen relationships with those you already know, and all of this continues to build upon itself naturally. Yes, this really is possible. Content for Makers will accomplish this for you. To see all the details, jump over to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash content for makers. But honestly, at only $27, it's a no-brainer. Plus, you only have to pay for it once for use year after year. Why carry on posting as you've been doing all along, expecting different results? Sign up for Content for Makers now and see the transformation of your posting experience change right before your very eyes. Giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash content for makers. It's ready and waiting for your immediate access right now. As I said at the beginning, today's show is really important because it contains a serious and potentially life-transforming message. It's a discussion on how your lifestyle and the habits, maybe I should say behaviors, you've adopted into your being affect your health and the way you show up in your world. I'll go so far as to say how they affect your potential success, too. Not just business success, but overall fulfillment of the goals you have for your life. A dramatic statement? Yes, because the true story you're about to hear is just that. Renee goes into detail of how she experienced an immediate hard stop in her life. You'll hear what she discovered about herself when her life was forced to be put on hold, and how Little by little, she found her way back, now living a much richer life all around. If you've been going day-to-day, taking care of everyone else but you, this is a must-listen-to show. 
And if you know someone else in your life who's doing the same, please share this with them. It's that important. Today, I am really excited to introduce you to Renee Reich of Finding Your Voice. As someone who's struggled with speaking up for herself, both personally and professionally, Renee never realized the impact it would have on her life until she physically lost her voice and doctors didn't know if she would ever speak again. It took close to a year, along with the support of a vocal coach, to fully regain its use. That was her outer voice, but it was her inner voice that took it away. People-pleasing, limiting beliefs, low self-esteem, and looking for outside validation for inner self-worth. It would be years later, after being released from her 25-year corporate position, when she knew she needed to do something with the gift of getting her voice back to serve others. Today, she's a best-selling author, speaker, and transformational woman's empowerment coach. Renee, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Sue. It really is an honor and a pleasure to be here. I am so thrilled. And before we do start, truly, let's share with everybody how we connected through the OWL app. Yes. (laughs) Amazing. And just that's an incredible app. I know. And this will be the first time some of our listeners will even hear about this app. What it is, is it's a way for you to call experts and get just a few minutes of their time with a specific question that you might want answered. And Renee and I both jumped on board pretty early in the game when a lot of us who are there to help others, who are on the app to help others, we're really just networking with each other. We're getting to know the structure, calling each other, and that's how you and I connected and have since had several conversations. But I kept saying to you, Renee, I don't want to know your story. I don't give me the details. I don't want to know because I wanted all of us to hear it together. However, as you guys all know, I love teasing and I'm keeping you in suspense. Renee doesn't get to share her story quite yet because I want her to share something else with us. And that is who she is by way of a motivational candle. So Renee, if you were to give us a deeper level glimpse about you, I know we're going to go really deep, but a deeper level at this point, what would a motivational candle look like by color and quote? It would be white. And it would actually also have a scent of vanilla with a hint of lavender, because I think those are very soothing scents, at least to me they are. And the quote would be, never give up. Never give up. And gosh, I am anticipating that the meaning behind that is going to be a lot deeper for all of us in relation to you as we carry on. Absolutely, 100%. (laughs) Okay, no more delay. Let's go ahead and dive into it. But bring us to the point of what your life looked like before the challenges came up. All right, perfect. So I was working in corporate America. I was with a Fortune 500 company for total. It turned out to be 25 years. But at the point, it was 2013 when my life literally came to a screeching halt. So prior to that, I was just running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I'm managing multi-million dollar teams. What was the business? I was retail. Oh, okay. Yeah, manager in retail. Yeah, you truly don't know anything about this. And this is good. It was your intention to not know before we got into yeah, this. So that yeah. was really good. Yeah. So just taking care of everybody else but me. Mm-hmm. Making sure that every all my goals were met and a big overachiever doing everything over that I needed to do. This does not surprise me already. (laughs) (laughs) I just really wanted to excel. And, you know, in doing that, I made sure that everybody on my teams were taken care of. And I was, God, I had from millennials to middle to older, from every age, race, ethnicity, under the sun, I was responsible for. And I did it. I did it really, really well until I no longer could because there was a force. Now, no matter what you believe, source, energy, God, universe, that there's a stronger and higher power who sees what we're doing and says, this is not going to serve you or anybody else because you can't continue this way. And I didn't because my life literally came to a screeching halt. 
in December of 2013, while I was running around it, like a chicken with my head cut off, I literally was just stopped in my tracks. It was the Christmas holiday season, December. Imagine you work retail, corporate, fourth quarter, very taxing. And I didn't stop. I literally just kept going, 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 working on days off. I mean, it was my choice. No one held a gun in my head saying, gotta keep going. I'm like, no, I knew what I needed to do and I knew what it would take to do it. So I just kept plowing through my days and my days off just to keep going and going and going. And the screeching halt was this. I went into work when I shouldn't have one day because I knew I was the only senior manager closing with other, it was other Christmas managers that were hired, but you were not allowed to close the building with Christmas hires, even if they were in a management position to support the holiday, unless they were regular associates and they were not regular managers. So I went in without calling out sick because I thought, how could they even take my call out? Even though I knew I didn't fail, but when I saw the schedule, I was the only manager closing that was a tenured manager. So I went in sick. And with the time I went in, it was not horrible, but it wasn't good. Were you like at a cold sick type thing? Yeah, I wasn't one to get sick, but I knew probably because I had run myself down. It was like my throat was a little sore. I had a headache. I didn't feel well. Like All right. Okay, so Poldy sick, yeah. Yeah, but I'm like, don't call out. They're not going to accept this. So I didn't, I never did. I went in, but as the hours were going on, I was scheduled to midnight, which means I wasn't going to get out to one. You know, you got to close the whole building as a manager. And as the hours were progressing, my throat was just starting to burn. I felt a fever coming in strong. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Well, I stayed. <laughs> and when I got out to my car, I was literally shivering. Couldn't wait to get home. And I woke up with my throat on fire and I drove to urgent care. I drove myself. So I feel like there's a, there's like a sore in my throat. Now, unless you're two and you're like a two-year-old telling, you know, mommy, I feel like there's a sore on my throat. You're like, okay, kid, you got a sore throat. <laughs> you're like, but mine was like, I felt like there was physically a sore. So the doctor, she looked and she's like, you know what? You're right. There is one in the middle of your throat. There's actually a sore. So that's what it feels like. I go home. She does a rapid strep test. Nothing. You're good. Just you're not maybe with something, but we don't know what. So I go home. I just try to relax and calm down, drink tea and honey. Note to self, when you have a sore, that's not a sore throat. Don't put sugar on it, which is honey. It was like on fire. So the next morning, my best friend who's now in heaven watching over me along with my dad, she drove me back to urgent care because I was just like in a bad way. And that one sore literally gave birth. I said, how many are there? She said, you need to get her to the ER now. It exploded and there were sores all of my vocal cords. And I ended up in the ER and I don't exactly know at what point, but within that time frame, my voice was gone. I had no voice. So you would open your mouth and nothing would come out? Nothing. There was nothing. Like you would try and move and like it was paralyzed like? It was paralyzed, not like it was paralyzed. I had nothing. My vocal cords were riddled with sores. That one sore exploded into a multitude. And when I asked her how many, she wouldn't tell me because she probably knew the doctor being she that I would freak out. She just told my best friend, get her to the ER now. She couldn't help me. She said, you need to get her there. And so we went first to her house because she was a Girl Scout. And, you know, once a Girl Scout, always a Girl Scout. And she, you know, went to get like magazines of books and snacks. She's like, you know, when you go to the ER, it's not going to be a two minute visit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're going to be there for a while. So we stopped there and she gathers up all these things and a blanket and all these things to make sure I was okay and she'd be okay. And we were there for several hours and it was the beginning of a silence in my voice that I never anticipated. I was quarantined because I remember before my voice was totally gone, I asked the doctor in the ER, am I contagious? He literally looked down at me and said, you're highly contagious. You can't be with the public. Okay. So you're separated. You can't talk. What was the diagnosis? Was it a virus or what? Exactly. It was a virus. It was called viral pharyngitis, your pharynx, your vocal cords. They were riddled with sores, nothing that allowed me to speak. And what was the prognosis that you knew of at the time? Like, could you just be quiet and like within a week, supposedly it would get better? Or what were they telling you at that time would happen? They didn't even know what to do with me. Really? Yeah, I was scared. It turned out, and they, doctors, no idea 
what this was. As a matter of fact, he gave me tests, like from the time of Little House on the Prairie, of that kind of time, like what this could be, because he didn't even know what to do. He's like, he sent me back to my doctor, to my regular doctor, and she ended up in that three and a half, four month isolation. I went and had about 20 vials of blood drawn from me, trying to figure out what does she have and why can't we get her better? Okay, so I want to make sure that this is really relevant to all of our listeners too. Like imagine not being able to be around people, not being able to talk. What were you thinking to yourself? Like what was your mind doing at that point? Well, you know, so you know me now and I am literally, people are to me like water to a plant. And here you can't see this because it's audio right now, but I thrive on connections with people. That is my water. That is my life. My life is connections. So in your mind, were you like, okay, I'm just going to endure this time. It will be fine. Or were you freaking out because you had no idea if like what was happening? You know what? I ended up falling into a very deep depression because like I said, if people are to me like water to a plant and you are cut off from that oxygen supply. So it was mental, physical, and emotional. I'm going to tell you why for each. The mental, because doctors couldn't help me. Because it was a virus. They couldn't say, here, start taking this medication and we'll check, you know, check back. You should start feeling better. And like we know with COVID, when this is being recorded in, you know, 2022, it's been going on for two years already with COVID. It's a virus. They can't just say, take this pill and check back. You should be getting better soon. Because of that, that's why I kept getting voicemails because I couldn't answer my phone from my doctor's office saying, go for more blood work. I'm like, oh my God. I couldn't eat. I'm a slender gal. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink. I couldn't swallow my own saliva. I would literally end up spitting it out because it was easier than swallowing it. You know, the thing is, you don't know how many times a day you swallow until you can't. If I said, Sue, how many times have you blinked today? You'd think, Renee, I have no idea. I just do it. I don't think about it. It's a natural. It's automatic. Well, you swallow automatically when you need to, other than when you're eating a meal and you have to swallow to get your food down. Mm -hmm. You swallow during the day, but you don't know how often you just do. Well, you know how often when you're unable to. So it was the mental because doctors couldn't help me and I had no idea how to help myself. It was emotional because I was cut off from my loved ones, that supply and friends, couldn't be with them, my family, my parents, my best friend. And physically, it was painful because my vocal cords, as I said, were riddled with very painful sores, like all over them. On every level, the trifecta of trifectas that I was, and then the isolation. So it was like, what am I going to do? It wasn't like have some soup, have some chicken soup, have some tea and honey. Again, no honey when you have sores that are salt in a wound. So I was literally just wasting away, looking out of my window like a hospital window, withering away. I look forward to going back to bed to get out of the pain. I'm going to say... As is in life, when the things you're trying to escape that you are meant to face, you can't get out of because I would wake up in the middle of the night in tears, yet wasn't able to hear my voice of pain because I had no voice. It was a salt water from my tears rolling down my face, but I couldn't hear my own pain because I couldn't even cry out loud. There was no voice. Oh, jeez. So... Just sit with that for a minute and think of how that would be. I can't even imagine that. When did things start changing? What was the road to recovery looking like? It was very long. When the doctors said they didn't know if it was permanent damage, they had sent me to a specialist. At that point when they said, I never thought that it was even a possibility that it was permanent. I'm like, I just know I'm really sick. I knew I had a low-grade fever because it was an infection in my body that wasn't going away. So every day there was a low-grade fever. I mean, I knew the pain in my throat was, God, it was intense, immense. I don't know how else to like razor blades, yeah. sharp as steak knives, whatever you could think of that would be the most pain, fire, anything like that. So it was when they told me, the doctors, that they wanted to see if it was permanent damage. They sent me to a specialist. That car ride to the specialist's office was like, oh my God, I never thought it was. I just knew it was bad. I never in my mind said this could be permanent until they said this could be permanent and we don't know if it's going to be because of scar tissue that's been all over your vocal cords from these sores. I'm like, oh, 
like I couldn't even say that. I was like in my head, that was when I said, oh my God, I may be a mute. So I went to the specialist office and, you know, there's a book I wrote, which I'll talk about in a minute. And it, that wasn't in how I anticipated getting to the big screen. My vocal cords were really on this big screen that they had the two white coats that came to me with this long thing that they were sticking down my throat to see if it was going to be permanent damage. And it was, had a camera on it. They looked down my throat to see what this was. And that was when they realized, they said, okay, it's not permanent. And that's when my regular doctor sent me to another specialist, a vocal coach specialist. That was the outer voice. That was what I was talking about in my bio. And when I got that going, that was really about doing different exercises to get that outer voice back. And I worked very diligently with her. And it was a lot of effort because I had to literally look at myself in the mirror. And I wrote about that too. We talk about looking at yourself in the mirror. I literally had to as I was doing these exercises for my vocal cords. So it was a really incredible part of this journey that I was on to release all of those things. But I realized years later, after being released from that corporate position, that it was never that virus that I had. It was the limiting beliefs, the people pleasing, the low self-esteem, all of those things looking for outer validation for the inner self-worth. All of those things that manifested from my outer world in my inner self. And that's what took my voice away. I truly believe that. So you really think that your inner self-talk of mm-hmm. everything that you just said affected you physically? Because truly, physically, you couldn't talk. But you think that truly. it was that inner conversation that you were having with yourself that created this physical situation, which resulted in your inability to talk? Absolutely, 100%. I don't even question that. I mean, I was responsible for all these, like I said, multi-million dollar teams that end up being number one in the district, the region, the company, the country. So on the outside, everything looked like you had it made, Renee. Exactly. Everything was, you know, she's doing well, getting awards, all of these great things. Just, she's just sort of doing great. But inside, I was dying a slow death. Well, how did you identify that this is your belief now? Like, when did it come to you that that was what was happening? I believe it was after I was released from that 25-year corporate position. And I remember falling into another depression then because, again, I was running around all that time taking care of everybody. And then, again, isolated, right? I couldn't look for work. I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror because I thought I was a piece of crap that I wasn't wanted anymore. And, what you know, I put all my blood, sweat, and tears of a quarter of a century into a company that was now releasing me after doing so well and bringing them to number one and putting them on the map. And that's, again, them, 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 right? What about me? So you're talking serious, serious depression, like totally debilitating depression. 100%, yeah. Okay, question, just a quick question. You were already working in your corporate job when this happened. Like what year along the way was this when that happened? The illness was 2013. Yeah, and so how long had you already been in corporate? How long had you been keeping this lifestyle going before it hit? All my life, I would say. I would say all my life. Even, and I'm going to share something that I don't often share. And I'm going to say all my life, even before that, because when I was in school as a young girl, I was bullied. And I didn't defend myself. You didn't speak up for yourself. So that was the start of you shutting down and holding it in. Uh Uh-huh. And in any relationship, I just was the people pleaser wanting to make everybody happy. Because to me, if they were happy, that was all I needed. Making them happy, whoever that person or those people were. If they were happy, then I felt satisfied that I brought joy to somebody's life. So you were living for others, which I mean, living for others is okay, but you can't do that in exchange for not living for yourself. Exactly. It's nice to want people to be happy. It's nice to want to bring joy to people's life. 100% I agree, but not in place of your own happiness Mm -hmm. or your own self-worth. And that's not selfish. It's selfless because like we know in order to please others, you've got to first please yourself. We hear these things, can't pour from an empty cup. You can't see outside the picture when you're inside the frame. You can't see the forest from the trees. 
All of those sayings are true. I was like Humpty Dumpty broken into a million pieces trying to make everybody else happy. Mm-hmm. You know, friends, family, whoever. And if they were happy and they gave me that atta girl, then good, then Renee is enough. Renee is good. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. And that to me is a form of love that, you know, the atta girl, the outside validation for the inner self-worth, like here's another reward, another piece of paper. My best friend, she said, why do you need that? effing piece of paper, right? She says, you don't. She goes, I don't need it. Yeah, it's a nice thing to have. We like to have, but do you need it? She goes, Renee, you don't. Well, no, you don't. And like, it feels good for the minute because people are acknowledging what you've done. But if it's almost worse, because if you get these acknowledgements, but inside you're not feeling the same way, like if you worked your butt off and you won Sun Sales Award, let's say, but you know you put in the time and you worked and the numbers show it and you also believe it because you know that's amazing. It's nice to get accolation and it's nice to know you did hard work and it is recognized. But if there's a contrast, like if you're getting awards, like it sounds to me that was your situation, but inside what you're feeling conflicts with the acknowledgement, I think that's almost worse because if they aren't in alignment with each other. So which one is true? Oh, very insightful, Sue. So that is what I was believing. The word believe also has the word lie in it. So my own lies, my own limiting beliefs. The word believe has the word lie in it. Yeah. Hmm. Because they are the stories that we tell ourselves. And then we act on those stories with our behaviors. And then our words and our actions They all go in alignment with that lie that we tell ourselves. To be good enough, I need to do A, B, and C. To feel loved, I need to make these people happy. To feel this or to receive that, I need to do A, B, C again. Mm -hmm. And then you keep doing those things because you keep getting those responses. And you keep doing them and doing them and doing them. And then what happens? You are getting debilitated because it becomes exhausting if it's not your truth. Right. If it's that lie that you've told yourself because you're seeing what you think is what you want to see, what you think is going to make you happy, what you think is going to get the results that you want, but inside it isn't really getting that. You think about Robin Williams. I think about him a lot when I talk about what I went through. This man, oh my God, funny, people all around who loved him wealthy, had everything going for him on TV, running awards shows, getting awards himself, everything. What happened? He ended up killing himself. And all of us are like, what? Right, exactly. Like none of us knew. I remember that. It's like, wait a minute. He had it all. Had it all. How could this man that had it all, like it was a shock. Like, you know, I remember watching Work in Mindy and and then on these shows, he was like, oh, like, oh my God, this guy that outside, again, outside, we're seeing the outer him that he was portraying, putting out there into the world of who he wanted to be known and seen as. And he did an amazing job at it. But what was going inside? Really painful things and thoughts. Renee, would you say the tendency for someone who does this is... Well, if I just get more accolades and more accolades, it will override what I'm feeling. Like I'll come to a point when it's going to be good and I will feel it too, when really that point doesn't exist. Would that be a true statement? Wow. This is such an insightful conversation and so much reflection being done. We're going to carry on right after a short break to hear from our sponsor. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How, you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or find packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. 
you can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. Sue, beautiful. I would say yes. I would say yes. Because you keep going until you can't. You keep this behavior because thinking it's serving you. Things are fine. Things are fine. Things are fine. Until screeching halt, they're not so fine anymore, are they? Life is not just as it seems. You are brought to a screeching halt and you don't even realize it because I, I won't, I'm not saying you, I, I can't speak for others. I can certainly, I have a voice. I can speak <laughs> for me. I didn't realize it because, and we'll talk about the book, but in the book, one of the chapters I wrote is old habits die hard because mine did when I finally got my voice back and we'll, we'll touch on that. Cause that's something to certainly touch about getting it back, which we just hinted on. I made promises. I made promises to my best friend. I made promises to myself and I made promises to the one responsible for me being here, God. Were they bargaining promises or were they like, if I get my voice back, I will. Oh, good question. No, it wasn't that because at one point I didn't know that it was going to be permanent when they thought it could be. I didn't even do the bargaining thing then, but I did do the maybe bargaining. That's an interesting question. No one's, I've been on so many podcasts. Nobody asked me that question. That's phenomenal. That's a great question. What I did do is, I guess this is a form of bargaining. I did say, and I did promise God, so that's a bargaining, and myself, my best friend, that I would be better at taking care of myself when getting myself back into corporate. Because when I went back after being off for four months, I said, I promise I will be better. I will take the breaks. I will take because you're allowed to take a certain amount of breaks. I didn't take them at work. I never took the breaks. If I took a lunch break, I'd hurry up, eat, and come back. Right. If I finished in 20 minutes, I'm back in the 20 minutes of the hour or whatever I was getting. I didn't take that full time because I'm like, I got more. I have to, I have to, I have to, have to. Not like, no, you have to take care of yourself. No, I have to do more. The old habits die hard is made the promises, took the time, sat down, and then the old habits died hard. The old ways started creeping back in. Because it's what you know. So bingo. It's what I know. And it's what I was used to, which wasn't so good for me because it got me in a really bad place and very, very sick. I mean, I think I was on the good trajectory for a maybe a couple of months. If that, if I could be so bold to say maybe it was a couple of months, I started like leaving on time because I would have dinner with my best friend. If I worked nine to six and okay, you leave at six, but I used to leave at seven and seven thirty. And then I'm eating with maybe 10 hours between my last meal. It's like, that's not good. I think there are a lot of people who can relate to some of these different facets. And this is a big warning sign that we're putting out to people about this. So I want to make sure as we're talking through this, that we're going to be able to save time for lessons that you've learned and advice that you would share. I know there'll be other places that they can go, but let's keep going with you were mentioning there's more about your recovery stage that you wanted to talk about. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, Sue. So it was. My best friend, when I was sick, she, again, pre-COVID, we're talking 2013. I never knew when she was coming, but she always knew I'd be home because I wasn't allowed out. I wasn't going anywhere. And I was so weak. I couldn't. The only place I went was to get more blood work. Really, that was it. Or if they were able to, to give me some viscose of the doctors that I picked up which at the pharmacy, which was a thick kind of a thing that you're supposed to put in your throat and I couldn't even muster it because it made me gag. So that didn't work, but I really wasn't out because I wasn't allowed to be. So she would come to my house with a mask on. That's why I said pre-COVID, because COVID people were wearing masks. And she would make homemade chicken that she would bring to me, kosher chicken, because I kept kosher at the time. And she would go to the market and get Gatorade or applesauce, things she thought I could swallow. When you can't swallow your own saliva, you can't swallow anything else. But the fact that that love that she came to me with, I tried to muster down whatever I could, because I knew she was trying to help me survive and to live. And to love on me as much as she could. So she would come in and drop it off and she would leave. And if it wasn't for the grace of God putting her in my life and for her being in my life, I don't think I'd be here. 
And she always told me, don't put me on a pedestal. Said, I didn't do that. You put yourself there because to have somebody that loves you so much and probably more than I love myself and to want you to still be here on this earth and that didn't give up. That's why you said, what would you put on the candle? I put never give up because she had a bracelet that after she passed, I found in one of her drawers on the bottom of her drawer. Don't ask me why I went into her drawer. I have no idea. I can't tell you. Why would you go into your best friend's drawer who passed away? Why? And it was on the bottom of her drawer. I don't know. I literally don't know. I can't even answer that. Hmm. I had no business going into somebody else's things. I don't know why. But in there was a leather bracelet that said, never give up. Wow. I said, oh, my God, she wants me to have this. And I used to wear it all the time. And now I don't wear it because I was wearing it out and I didn't want to ruin it. So I carry it with me in my purse in a zipper. Aww. I carry it in my heart. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That is, it gives me shivers. <laughs> Take us to the point when your voice started coming back real quick, and then let's talk about the learnings that you've had. It was being quiet, Sue, and having no voice. Losing my voice is how I found my voice. How often do we have things taken away from us? People pass. People transition in their life. Relationships end. It's when we lose things, there's a lesson in trying to find something else greater. I mean, I lost my best friend, my job of 25 years, my father. These are big losses. It's like, what could you possibly have found in their losses? And you're losing your best friend, your father, your career. And it was finding a part of myself that I want to have found. Because I was always dependent. I'm getting emotional. I could feel it. I can it. see I it in you. Depending on others for my own value mm -hmm. and not believing in myself. And when you don't have those people and those things to turn to, you must do the inner work. You must. And stop relying on others for your own self-worth. Mm -hmm. To validate yourself for being enough. Because you are as you are. We don't have to be where other people are at and look at how far they've come and surf social media to see, look at all the great things they're doing. You don't know what's behind where they have come from. Right. So you are enough as you already are. That's your message. You are enough as you already are. Yes, you are. But do we have to go through such major loss like you did to get to that point and that learning? You know what? You don't. And that's why I do what I do today with the coaching, with the mentoring. It's why I wrote the book. Finding your voice, unlock your chains, and unleash your greatness. Can you share with us two, three things that we can be thinking about so that when people are done just listening to the podcast, you know, we're going to talk about your book for sure, but that we will have helped them in some way of something that can, well, I don't know what you're going to say, so I don't know what I will say it could do, but remind ourselves, know about ourselves. Maybe there's an action we take. Anything that we can give our listeners here? Because I bet you everybody, Renee, is resonating with this so strongly right now. I'm getting chills here, Sue. I'm sitting in shorts here and I'm getting chills. It's because we have within us, you know, I resonate and I didn't know why as a young girl. Remember, and I'm dating myself, The Wizard of Oz, the story of The Wizard of Oz. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> Again, something else we share. Like, not a surprise. We know this. There's more for our own journey together, so I know this. I just know that. The story of the Wizard of Oz, briefly, Dorothy, this young girl who gets thrust through a tornado and goes into, has a concussion, has, goes into the state of being thrust somewhere else in her life in this land of Oz that she's trying to get to, and she's trying to find her way back home to Kansas. Because she's, as we say, you're not in Kansas anymore. She wasn't trying to get back home. She comes across the scarecrow looking for the brain. She comes across the tin man looking for the heart. And the lion looking for the courage. Think about these characters. And she herself looking to get back. She was looking for the ruby slipper. She was told she had to click him three times to get back home. Scarecrow looking for a brain. Guess what? Do you recall the story, Sue? The scarecrow looking for that brain. The tin man looking for the heart. He cried so much. Dorothy had to oil him with the oiling can. He had the biggest heart there. The lion looking for the courage, a cowardly lion. Who jumped in front of the Wicked Witch of the West to get the slippers? Guess what? He had it. We have 
what it is. We're looking for, again, the outside validation, which where we started for the inner self-worth. You have within you what you are looking for outside of you. You each and every one of you do. But why is it so hard to access? And how do we access it? Why so hard to access? Because of how we've grown up. Somebody, somewhere along our own journey, something happened to make us believe that we didn't have it. And then we had to find it somewhere else. And then we kept going back to those kind of relationships. Why do I always attract those relationships? Why is it always those situations that I end up in? Why? Because it's that inner dialogue that you've told yourself, that's the only people that are going to love you. These are the relationships that you're going to attract, whether it's a friendship or relationship or somewhere or the jobs or whatever that thing or those things are, because those are those stories we've told ourselves. And we say, you see, there it is again. You see, I always end up in because that back tape that is playing when you're asleep, when you are doing what you're doing, those are the things that you are constantly running unconsciously and subconsciously. And that is why now I've written this book, Finding Your Voice. It is finding that voice from within. Unlock your chains, unleash your greatness. Those are my own chains, your own chains. We bind ourselves up in. It is also to unleash our own greatness that we have had within us the whole time. But how? How do we do it? Give us one or two ideas of what do you do? Because the mind is so strong. You can logically say any of this, but actually internalizing it and believing it and another story. So, you know, it's why I wrote the book. It's why I created the voice blueprint. Like we have a blueprint in life, right? Yet you're born with a blueprint. What about the voice print? How is it imprinted upon you throughout your life? Oh, so I created a voice blueprint, a voice print. What does that mean? So it's from vulnerability. It takes you from vulnerability to empowerment vulnerability, owning your voice, igniting that flame, inspiration, courage, and confidence to empowerment and finding your own voice. And that's what I walk my clients through, the voice blueprint that I create for every single person because we are not a cookie cutter. People say, is it online? Can I buy it? You can't. You can't buy this because it's different for everybody. I walk you through what it looks like for you. So when I work with clients, I tweak it to you. You're not the next person. You're you, Sue. You have your own blueprint and you have your own voice print. Each and every one of us does. We are all unique. We all have our own. Yes. So I think the words of wisdom here right now are if you're feeling in any way, which again, I'm going to say probably all of us do at some level, at some time, if not all the time, right? That the message is optimism and belief that things can change. You had a dramatic situation happen that brought you to the wisdom that you have now and consequently what you help people work through. But I think the big message here, I'm just getting it now. (laughs) The big message here is it is achievable. What you're thinking to yourself, there's a new way and a different way of talking internally that can have major positive impact on your life. Do I have it? You have it. You totally have it. Yeah. And in the book too, again, finding your voice, unlock your chains and unleash your greatness. Each chapter, I think of it like a chicken soup for the soul book. If anybody is familiar with any of those by Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen, Diana Wentworth is also part of some of those. She's amazing. And it is, each chapter is a story unto itself. So the first chapter, I introduce you to the story because I don't, I didn't want to write a book about poor her. She went through this, who wants to read a sad story? I don't want to read it. I wouldn't get it. But I just introduced the reader to that. And then each chapter is a story of what took place, another part of my journey. And then I post questions after each chapter with like three to four line pages for the reader to answer because I wanted to write a book to serve others. How does what I just went through in this chapter pertain to you and your own journey. Oh, yeah. So it's very interactive. So you're giving your experience and then you're letting us then take what we've just learned of your experience and relate it to our own experiences. And then you walk us through things in the book, right? Yes. Oh my gosh, Renee. Okay. Where are we going to find this book? 
So there's a few ways. The first way you can go to Amazon and it's there on Amazon. There is the paperback and the Kindle. I'm going to recommend, and I'm going to tell you why I'm recommending it. Anybody, I know we all receive information either kinesthetically, you know, auditorily, visually. If you're able to get the physical book, it's $9.99. I purposely did that. You need the physical book because you want to write in it. Yes, that's the reason. Yeah. That's the exact reason. And there's another piece to that, not just because you want to write in it. That's the biggest thing. But because I've already had people tell me who I didn't even know that I met along my own journey that were recommended, the book was recommended to them, like Renee, I read the book. I go back. I have so many books. One gal told me, she goes, I have so many books at my house. Yours is on my nightstand. I'm like, why? She goes, because I do a different exercise every night and I go back to them and redo these exercises because they are so powerful and empowering. And you can see how far you've come. We don't give ourselves enough credit, especially as women. Yeah. Where you were when you answered the first time. How did you answer this question the first time? This is where it was. But then go back a week, two weeks, a month, six months, a year later. How would I answer it now? Do, do we give ourselves enough credit for how far we've come? Just that, no, you still don't do this. You still don't do that. Look at this person. Look at that person. Look how far they are. You're still doing this. Wait a minute. How did I answer that question on 622-22? Powerful number. How did I answer it? Oh my gosh, how would I answer it today? Not the same because you've evolved. Yeah, that's something. And what is the name of the book when we go search for it? Finding Your Voice is the title. Then the subtitle, Unlock Your Chains and Unleash Your Greatness. When you put in the whole thing, because if you just put Finding Your Voice, I did that. And there were other books called Finding Your Voice. I'm like, that's not mine. Where's my book? And then you put Finding Your Voice, colon. Unlock your chains and unleash your greatness. The other way to search the book is to put my first and last name in because right. I'm the only Renee Reich that's written this book. So it's R-E-N-E-E-R-E-I-S-C-H, Reich. And the other way to find the book is just to go to the show notes because I will have a link there so that you make sure to get the right one. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. All right. Wonderful. And Renee, where else online could someone intercept with you and learn more about you? I'm on Facebook is my main one. I'm also on Instagram. I'm going to leave you my link, Trey Sue, in the show notes too, because they can find all my social media connections there. And I am more than happy to get with them. They can message me on Messenger too if they would like to chat. My calendar link is also on my link tree. We put your website and your social accounts in the show notes individually. So they'll all be there. So anyone who's listening, I know you're probably not just sitting with a pen and paper in hand. You're out walking, you're straightening your shop, you're making product, whatever it is. Go back and look at the show notes and you'll be able to get the links to everything. But I will add in the link to your book because that's really important for our conversation today. And the other thing is, Sue, that I'm offering on the link tree there's a 10 steps to finding your voice. They can download that. Also, I offer every one of your people listening a 30-minute complimentary consultation with me. Okay. How would they get that? And how long is that valuable till? Because remember, podcasts last forever. So I always want a deadline on things because they can't go out into in perpetuity or whatever that word is. So where could people find a 30-minute consultation with you? That's going to be on my link tree. My calendar link is there. Oh, so I will need the link tree there. I'll give you the link tree. You put it in the show notes and they just will mess me. It's going to, one of the questions to sign up to work with me, it says, where did you hear of it? And they could say, Sue's show. And I'm like, okay, I got it. And I know that, yeah, I will give them that. I will gift them that for sure. Wonderful. Well, Renee, this has been such an energizing, empowering, and inspiring conversation. And I'm really glad I didn't know the whole story beforehand. So I got to experience it just like everybody else here listening and super, super impactful. It's going to give me some things to think about for sure. Thank you so much for coming on today. Just like opening up the curtain to your life and what's happened and sharing in detail all of your information. I so appreciate you. Thank you for coming on the show today. Sue, thank you so much for having me. It really has been an honor, a pleasure, and a true privilege because I know that in getting my voice back, 
it was to be able to share it with others and help them in their journey of finding theirs. If this episode brought up emotions for you that you intuitively know need to be addressed, I encourage you to get Renee's book or reach out to her for her very generous 30-minute complimentary consultation. Remember to reference that you heard about her from this show, just as she requested. I think this episode stands as a reminder for us all that self-care isn't just a nice thing to do for ourselves, but it's mandatory to add into our days so we can show up as our best selves to serve others. Before you move on to your next activity today, make sure to get your name on the list for at least one Gift Biz Bash. You can see the dates and times for upcoming sessions and get signed up over at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash bash. And if you're enjoying the podcast and would like to show support, a rating and review would be wonderful. It helps spread the word about the show too, so it's a great way to pay it forward. There's also another way to get something tangible in exchange for your support. Visit my merch shop for a wide variety of inspirational items like mugs, journals, water bottles, and more, featuring logos, images, and quotes to inspire you throughout your day. Makes a great gift, too. And we've just added some new products for the season. Which is my favorite design right now? It's a toss-up with that gorgeous lemonade image and a quote about refreshing and the beautiful butterfly design. What's yours? Turnaround is quick and the quality is top notch. Nothing but the best for you. Take a look at all the options at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash shop. All proceeds from these purchases helps me offset the costs of producing this podcast. And now be safe and well, and I'll see you again next time on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.